The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy, and today we are going to be going through season one, episode 16, called But Seriously, Folks. And this one, you know, I honestly, as I watched it for this show, I was like, I really don't think I've seen this one a whole lot, but the more I was watching it, the more I was familiar with certain things here and there. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I say this and I do this all the time. And I didn't even realize it was actually from this episode. So let's get right into it today. Um, The air date of this one was February the 5th, 1988. It was directed by Joel Zwick, produced by Lenny Rips and Deborah Leschen. So Deborah Leschen is a new name for us. I haven't seen her on anything else. So she co-produced with Lenny Rips here on this one today. So a little description, so Joey gets showed up at a comedy club by an unexpected famous comic. Will this change Joey's mind about comedy forever? So this one is actually pretty good. A lot kind of goes on here. And so we getting right into it here, we see Jesse and DJ And we finally see Kimmy Gibbler is back. Wow. We haven't seen her since episode 12, our very first promo. So it's been a hot minute since uh, we have seen her. And I'm so glad that she's back. Yay. So the first scene here is the three of them in Jesse's room. And he's teaching DJ how to play guitar. You know, trying to teach her where the fingers go and all that. Um, learning guitar is actually really hard. I have tried it myself and I just can't get my brain and my fingers to like move like that. <laughs> so DJ is struggling to get the chord and she plays it, but it's horrible. Jesse says it's very close to music. But Kimmy chimes in with one of her famous one-liners. She's like, it's not close enough. So DJ swears that she's going to learn how to play that thing. 
And she goes on to say that starting the bracelets was her idea. So the bracelets is a band that DJ put together um, with her and Kimmy, and it's a take on the band The Bangles. They are calling themselves The Bracelets. So Kimmy comes at her again with, that's why it would be so tragic to have to replace you. Note also that Kimmy and DJ are wearing matching outfits. So I guess it's a band thing, but they are only rehearsing. So why dress up and be matching like only for rehearsal? But anyway, Jesse then tells Kimmy, don't help. This is a start to the relationship we will actually see grow over the years between the back and forth antics that Jesse and Kimmy have together. If you have seen Full House, like you'll understand that because Jesse and Kimmy just kind of have this um, back and forth type antics relationship, and that starts it right there. Jesse then suggests that they do the tune Venus by Bananarama. DJ will start, but the chord she plays is horrible again. So she takes over, she turns, what is she? So he takes over, Jesse takes over on the guitar playing the tune. Kimmy also is playing the keyboard, which she will do many more times throughout the show. And them two together, playing together, sounds awesome. But DJ is feeling inconfident that her playing is just too bad to be part of all of this, which you can see by her facial expressions. Candace Cameron is very good about conveying feeling through her facial expressions, and that is what she's doing here. So Kimmy starts singing the song as Jesse encourages her. Then all of a sudden, DJ turns the guitar over and starts banging on the back side of it like a drum. And she stops when she gets faces from Kimmy and Jesse. And DJ states that that side is much easier to play. Well, of course it is. And so <clears throat> Danny walks in and says, oh, that was beautiful. Of course, because he's her dad and everything she does is beautiful to him. And also states as well that it's Joey's big night and to go get ready. So at 3 minutes 24 seconds, we have Danny and Joey are seen in the living room. And Danny is helping Joey with his shirt. And Joey says, oh, oh, oh I've got a new bit. And he goes, hello, Wilbur. I'm going to visit all my friends in prison. And Danny says, oh, is that Mr. Ed, the famous talking horse, like Danny thought, you know. But it was really, Joey goes, no, Mr. Ed Meese, who, if you don't know who Mr. Ed Meese is, he was actually a leader of the Reagan-era conservative movement. He was in opposition to the Miranda warning during an arrest. So there was apparently some kind of drama going on back then that was widely known, but as far as I could find online... There was nothing that signified this exact joke, but the people laugh at it anyways. Hmm. Yeah. Danny then whips out a hot pink blazer. Oh my gosh, I love this. This is one of my favorite pieces of Joey's clothing so far. Oh, I love it. I love it. Joey says that he can feel it, that tonight is his night. 
He's all confident and ready. And Danny kind of chases Joey around the living room for a minute, trying to get it on him. So they go to talk about how there is going to be a talent scout from HBO who's looking for talented young comics for a big special. Also note, Joey is using his, like, it's like a tape recorder thingy that laughs. Um, he actually first used this laugh machine in episode 10, Joey's place, when he was rehearsing in the garage when DJ came down there. Um, so now we have Jesse comes down the stairs holding Michelle and DJ following. Jesse and DJ are both holding all of Michelle's stuff. Of course, she can't leave the house without Mr. Pandy. Remember in episode four, The Return of Grandma, at um, eight minutes and 26 seconds on that episode, I had talked about why does Michelle need all of this stuff to leave the house? At, and, you know, like at least they actually have Michelle this time, <laughs> unlike in episode four where they forgot her for a second. But now DJ is now in a different outfit than she was before. Jesse mentions she could either, that Michelle could either spend the night at grandma's or six months in Europe. So clearly here, Michelle isn't going to this comedy show of Joey's. And also if she's spending the night at grandma's, it would be Jesse's mother, Irene, since she's the only one who lives locally and can watch the girls. I talked about this all the way back in episode four too. So if you wanted to go back and listen to that episode, I do kind of cover that a little bit. Um, so now at four minutes and 29 seconds, Jesse says, this is going to kill me, but I'll be supportive for a second and says to Joey that he's a really funny guy and that he's going to do great tonight. Then he looks at his watch and goes, time's up. But I do kind of like this a little bit because deep down, I know that Jesse is proud and supportive of Joey's comedy career i.e. what the entire ending of this episode is about. But right here, he's he's like, oh, this is going to kill me, but I'll be supportive for a second. And it's like this right here with Jesse, this seed of support turns into this giant tree of support and encouragement later in the episode. So keep that in mind that he does deep down want Joey to succeed, but is kind of... I think he was maybe joking about, oh, it's going to kill him to be supportive. So then Joey heads out. He leaves to go to the club. And DJ says that they should start to leave too. But Jesse states that his date hasn't arrived yet. So at first, I think, oh my goodness, are they really going to bring in a random woman for DJ to go with? Ugh, like, come on. No, we don't want that. We don't want random women for Jesse anymore. No. So, who is this mystery date? <laughs> and the one and only Stephanie. Yes, dressed to perfection and ready to go on a date with Uncle Jesse. This is actually like the sweetest thing in the universe. Oh, it's so adorable. So, Jesse says that she looks lovely and she replies with, and may I say you look quite lovely yourself too, also. So, she says this too, also. Which, this was what I was talking about at the very beginning of the episode when I said that I noticed certain things that are said. This is one of them. So I say this all the time, mostly 
to differentiate between the TO2 and the TOO2 because the TOO2 means also. So if I'm talking, I'll be like two also. Like it just comes out of my mouth that way. And this is where I learned it from. This is exactly where I learned it from. And so DJ, we go on here and DJ questions why Stephanie is carrying a purse. And she replies with, with one of the most hilarious things, probably in the top 10 best Stephanie lines ever written. Okay, she replies with, because I have woman things I need on a date. Money for a phone call, keys to someplace, and of course, an orange. <laughs> oh my word. She's the best. If you tell me that Stephanie's not your favorite, like, we can't be friends. I don't know. Like, you just gotta love her. So, like, how is she just this cute? Like, oh, my word. Oh, I love her. Okay, so now Jesse and Stephanie leave the house. Then Danny and DJ and Michelle follow them out. So now at five minutes and 45 seconds, we are now at a new location. Yes, a new set location. And it's the comedy club. We never do find out the name of the comedy club. Uh, um, but but it's, you know, it's like a set. There's like tables and chairs and people and a little stage at the front. So we see a comic slash magician on the stage doing a magic trick with fire. And he turns a duck into like this really beautiful woman. And I wrote, He's kind of irrelevant, just showcasing the talent, I guess, that plays at this specific place. So I wasn't kind of sure at the moment what they were going by. But actually, this comic magician guy is famous comic magician Ed Alonzo. So he's like super famous and he's like in this little tiny sprinkled cameo in this episode. At first, I didn't know who he was, but... Later on, um, well, the guy introduces him as Ed Alonzo, but I didn't know who that was. So after my research and everything, I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard of this guy, actually. So that's pretty cool. And so the, I want you to note, too, that the guy who is doing the intros and outros for Ed Alonzo, he comes back in Full House later on. So we will find out who he is at the end of this episode when I do my special guest stars. But I want you to look at him and look at the way he looks with his like shoulder length hair, his crazy mustache, and the way he acts and moves. Like he is in full house again later in the series. I promise you. And so now we're at six minutes, 27 seconds. They show like this big room shot of the comedy club. And let me just stop right here and point out that there is not only one, but two insanely looking scary clowns in the corner of that room. I almost shut it off. I was like, excuse me, excuse me. I would look right at that and just leave. I would never even go in there. Nope, 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 done. So, but good thing they don't show him for very long. But so Joey is on next and meets with the family at the table for a minute to talk. Then the host guy comes back to introducing him, calling him Mr. Fun. And he's wacky and zany. And we consider him family since he expects to get 
fed for free. And he also said earlier, too, he said our very own Joey Gladstone, which means he must perform there a lot and is familiar with the crowd and the place and the people that work there, I would guess. But this is really the only time we've physically been there. I know we've talked about Joey going to have shows at the Laugh Machine. This particular place, we don't know the name of. It could be the Laugh Machine. We don't know this, though. So, anyways, after the host says this, we hear a laugh and he recognizes it. And it's Phyllis Diller. She's in the audience and stands up to take a bow and to tell some jokes briefly. But the host guy requests her to come up and tell some jokes instead of Joey. She tells jokes about Fang, which Fang was like Phyllis Diller's um, made-up husband that she would use during her actual comedy shows. So she talks about Fang for a second. And at eight minutes, 21 seconds, they kind of fade out and then back in showing this shows that some time has passed and Stephanie is now sleeping and Joey still hasn't gone on yet. She had been there. Phyllis Diller had been up on the stage now for an hour and a half. She then decides to leave the comedy club. And when she leaves comedy club, more than like half the people leave. Now, Joey is feeling discouraged, thinking that nobody wants to stay to hear him tell jokes. So finally, that host guy comes back, introduces Joey, and he gets up. Stephanie awakes and the family claps to welcome him on stage. But after Joey tells his first joke, more people start to leave. And the more jokes he's telling, the more people are leaving, including the guy from HBO. So at this point, Joey's like, he'll do anything for anyone to stay there. It's yeah, he, he's feeling really low right now. For one, it's way later than he intended on going up there to begin with. So now that he's gone up there, people are like, it's like really late and maybe we should go, you know? And, and I don't think they're leaving because Joey's bad at comedy. They're just leaving because it's super late, you know? Phyllis Diller, man, took up all his time up there on the stage so at nine minutes and 56 seconds, it is the next morning now, and the family goes down to Joey's room, a.k.a. the garage, hallelujah, the consistency of this, thank you. And so Joey is in his bathroom there, and he comes out wearing a three-piece suit, and his hair is combed back, and he looks like a completely different Joey than what we have seen so far in the show. He's more serious and not trying to be his goofy self. The family is clearly confused on why he's like this. He collects his things in a briefcase and tells the family he now wants to be called Joe. It's more sophisticated, more grown-up-y, he says. Joey goes on to say that last night was a revelation that his big break is not coming. And he's going to venture into the business world, get a real job, and make some real money. He's changing his mind about comedy and that he's giving it up for good. 
He actually right here mistakenly tells DJ, sometimes you just have to tell yourself, I tried and I failed. The family is obviously concerned about Joey's extreme new way of life and how dramatic he took this. It actually reminds me of the things we already have talked about concerning Joey. So let's look at what we know about him so far. One, he grew up an only child, okay? Two, his mom really wasn't present a lot of his childhood. Three, so Joey had imaginary brothers and sisters. We know this from a previous episode. I don't remember which one it is at the moment, but he stated that he had an imaginary brother named Leon, okay? Um, number four, He's a time dyslexic, which he openly admits to being. And number five, he says he's a conga-holic, which I don't know how much this is relevant to what's going on here, but he admitted to it. Number six, he's always felt not good enough for anyone or anything. A lot of this is discussed in episode 10, Joey's Place. So if you go back and listen to that episode Number 10, Joey's Place. I do talk a lot about Joey's background and kind of how he grew up a little bit more there. So number seven, he doesn't have a lot of friends or people other than the family that are a huge encouragement to him. He feels rejected and wants to prove himself to himself, but really doesn't try all that hard to achieve his goals. Yes, he's done a few things so far, but really not... Uh, a whole lot. I kind of feel bad for him. So first he moves in and is put in the alcove, which then he thought they threw his stuff out in episode 10, but they actually made him a new room after that. And so you, you would think that he would feel a little bit better about himself knowing that there are people around him that care and love him. It sort of feels like he's looking for validation from the outside world, and he's just not all that content with the encouragement his family has given him. He's been known also to not be a good cook either, and that may be, but if you work really hard on a meal and no one likes it, it's doubtful that you would ever want to do it again which threw him into that scene we had talked about in episode 14, Half a Love Story, when he reheats the Chinese food. So same thing here. He felt discouraged about how the comedy show went, and so now he feels to himself obligated to give it all up, since to himself he tried and failed. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. I, I really tried to break this down enough so that it would make sense. So back to the episode. We have at 11 minutes, 32 seconds, we see Michelle, Danny, and Jesse come home. Jesse, okay, <clears throat> Jesse is wearing his exterminator uniform, but states that he's glad he took off work today to visit daycares in the area. So, if he took off work, why would he be wearing his work uniform? 
Danny goes on to say that when Joey gets a job, they are going to lose a babysitter. Danny, Danny's favorite daycare specializes in toddler aerobics. So they try on Michelle's free complimentary sweatband, and she just, most darling thing ever on earth. Oh my gosh. So Danny cranks up some music, and they all three to continue to do fake aerobics moves, which is hilarious. But Michelle is not impressed at all. Jessie says she's probably insecure about her chubby little legs, and she actually nods her head yes. And this goes to just show the absolute innocence and the talent of, I don't know which one, Mary-Kate or Ashley. It's just the cutest. Gosh, it's so spot on and adorable. Oh. So Joey gets home, and they asked him, how did it go today? He says he had two new job offers, one as a bank teller and the other as a stockbroker trainee. Danny asks which one he will take, and Joey says, neither. And they're like, uh, why? And he, you know, Joey makes an excuse. He says, well, the bank was on a really big hill. Um... Earth to Joey, you live in San Francisco, everything is on a big hill, everything. Then he brings out a second excuse about the stockbroker job. It was that they served him instant coffee. Enough said, <laughs> which I totally get <laughs> because instant coffee is the literal worst thing on this planet. Worst invention I've ever seen in my lifetime. Oh, disgusting. So I get it, Joey. <laughs> I get it. Jesse brings up the fact that Joey has received eight job offers and he's found something wrong with all of them. Hmm, that is a good point, Jesse. So Joey gets a little defensive and says he knows what he's doing and that he doesn't want to rush into anything. Says he didn't want to make the same mistake he did when he got into comedy, which was actually when he was like, what, four years old? Like, more, more like comedy found him before he found comedy. So, uh, I don't get that. He didn't really make a mistake getting into comedy because he was a little kid when he did. So, we move on from that. Okay, Stephanie then gets home from school, and she's still carrying her Jetsons lunchbox around that she got all the way back in episode three, the first day of school. So I really love that consistency there. But Stephanie asks Joey if he wants to watch cartoons with her. Since this was probably a traditional thing for her since Joey would be home every day and they would do that. But now that Joey is a businessman, cartoons are not interesting to him anymore. But he's going to read the Wall Street Journal. Yay. Everyone says they miss the old Joey and that he's not happy about giving up comedy. And that's why he's turned down all these jobs. Just true. At 14 minutes, 15 seconds, we have a scene change in which Jessie is teaching guitar again to DJ, and she's still not getting the hang of it. She says she stinks and hangs the guitar, hands the guitar back to Jessie. She's getting frustrated since she can't, she can't grasp it, says it's just too hard. Jessie agrees that yes, it is hard at first, but 
he goes into telling a story about a little boy, and she's going to have to hear it even if she doesn't want to. So Jess goes on, and I'm going to write like this whole story out since a lot of it will be needed for later use. So a lot of the info contained in this story gives a wider look at Jesse as a child. Okay, so here is the story. Once there was a little boy who heard an Elvis Presley record. This little boy was so inspired that he hopped onto his bike, he pedaled down to that pawn shop, and traded his bike for a guitar. And that boy, he sat in his room and he practiced day and night, night and day. Finally, one magical day, the music surged through his body, into his fingertips, and he could do this. And Jesse plays a little solo there, and Jesse reveals to DJ that that little boy was him. <laughs> she says, big surprise ending, sarcastically, of course. So now after the story, <laughs> he asks DJ what she thinks, and she thinks she's going to take the guitar down to the pawn shop and trade it for a new bike. DJ is clearly still discouraged, and she says she quit. She then uses Joey's line from earlier. She says, I tried and I failed. Jesse now has a plan. He wants to get together with Danny to devise something to get Joey back into comedy. Knowing Jesse's genius, he'll create a fabulous plan, and Danny is down with teaming up. So at 16 minutes, 26 seconds, we are now back at the comedy club. This time, Danny is there, Joey is there in his suit, and Jesse is thanking them for coming to see him play some new tunes. So this club must be like a multi-talent club where you can go and basically showcase whatever talent you may have, I'm guessing. So the host guy from earlier comes back out and says that it's amateur night, and he introduces Jesse first. Jesse gets up and says, there's been a change of plans, and instead of music, I'm going to start my career as a stand-up comedian. So this is like a genius plan because like, wait till you find out why. So Jesse then goes on to use the same jokes Joey used the other night when he was there. But Jesse is butchering all of them on purpose to upset Joey and make him think Jesse is stealing his material. Danny reminds Joey that he quit comedy and shouldn't care. Jesse goes on to make Joey think he could do better. It all comes to the point of getting Joey to tell the jokes rightly. So what happens is he gets into it with Jesse, who says, be my guest, pal, and hands over the mic to Joey. Mid-joke, Joey realizes that he's been had by Jesse and Danny and figures out their plan to get him to tell jokes, that it was a, base, that, that it was a total setup. So Jesse then introduces him and Joey gets up to tell the jokes correctly and a few more new ones with just this biggest smile on his face. He then goes to tell, yep, new jokes as well. So at 19 minutes, 59 seconds, it is now later that evening and the three guys are in the kitchen. You know what just came to my mind? If all three guys were at the club at the same time, who was watching the girls Maybe DJ was watching Stephanie and Michelle because she babysat before in the last episode, Pox in Our House. 
maybe DJ's watching them, but they never say that. Who who is watching them? Because they're all not at home. Oh, interesting. Okay, anyway, it's later that night. They're all in the kitchen enjoying some kind of drink. Here is where we kind of have like half a heart talk in the episode. We have two encouragers, Danny and Jesse. Danny says being on stage is where he belongs. Jesse says Joey should take one of the jobs he was offered and explained that he works as an exterminator to have a solid weekly paycheck. And he also has his hobby of music at the same time. Joey agrees with Jesse and he decides he's going to find something that he can do at home. He declares that tonight was his night since everyone loved his comedy, but it took a trap to get him there. Everything worked out and we all lived happily ever after, he says. He thanks the guys and goes to walk away, but Jesse stops him to tell him about how DJ was inspired by Joey's new way of life and that she quit guitar because he quit comedy. And that phrase he used, I tried and failed, stayed with DJ. Danny and Jesse say he knows what to do about it, so he leaves to go talk to DJ. The girls are sleeping, probably fake sleeping, but he walks in the girls' room anyway. DJ is not sleeping, though. She's actually watching David Letterman under the covers on her little battery-powered TV that she has. What a rebel. So Joey goes on to explain to her that he felt that magic again after he got back on the stage, and it's a feeling that he never wants to let go of. He says that he quit comedy because he was frustrated and looking for the easy way out. DJ says she didn't quit just because of Joey, but because she stinks. Joey encourages her that if she keeps practicing, she might get really good at it. And if she quits now, she'll never know. Stephanie then pipes up. So this, when Joey enters the girls' room, this, that starts like the, the actual heart talk of the episode. Okay. So Stephanie pipes up, wakes up from her fake sleeping and agrees with Joey. And she didn't mean to pipe up. So she lays back down and closes her eyes. And they're like, why are you awake? And she's like, I'm not up. I'm talking in my sleep. She's just too hilarious. Oh my gosh. Joey tells DJ too that giving up is not her style and that she's the one who put the bracelets together and picked out the name and everything. He says goodnight to the girls and Stephanie pipes up again and says, goodnight, Joe. And he replies with, call me Joey. Then, then does his bullwinkle impression. The girls are very happy he's back, and DJ is now back inspired and picks up her guitar and plays horribly on it while she's singing Venus by Bananarama. And guys, that is it. That's the end of the episode. Oh, this one was so good. Had a lot going on. I hope it made sense for you, and I hope I wasn't too confusing. Um... So right now, I do want to go through, we have one, two, 
three, I'm gonna say three and a half guest stars, and I'll tell you why. Okay, our first guest star is Miss Phyllis Diller as herself. So she was an American stand-up comedian, actress, author, musician, and visual artist. Best known for her eccentric stage persona, wild hair and clothes, and of course, her exaggerated cackling laugh. Her real-life story is actually very similar to what happens to Joey in this episode. If you go and read about Phyllis Diller, it's very similar. So it's really cool how they hired her, and it's very relatable. Both um, are very relatable here in this episode. Our second guest star, his name is Mr. Bruce Baum, who was the host guy at the comedy club. He... I did not know this about him, but he was also a stand-up comedian in the 80s who relied heavily on props for his act. And I didn't mention this as I was going through the episode, but there is a tiny little scene um, where they show this guy... Um, and he says, you know what's crazy? What they're putting in cereal boxes these days. And he has a box of oat boats and he pulls out this like monster Halloween mask and it's like ginormous. So that kind of reiterates his real life comedy routine where he does rely on props for his act. So I thought that was kind of cool. You know, the thing, the, the, the just the relatable um, things between the real person and the character that they're playing. I think that's just really, really clever. So our third guest star is Mr. Ed Alonzo as himself. So like I said, Ed Alonzo was a real-life comic and magician. So a little bit of trivia about him, because he is now like really famous, and I actually have heard of him before. It just this It took this episode for me to be reminded of him. So he actually appeared on stage and performed several illusions during 2009 Britney Spears World Tour. How about that? How crazy is that? He's also showcased his talents on the shows Saved by the Bell and a show called Head of the Class. So very cool, Mr. Ed Alonzo. Also, I said we had three and a half guest stars. So I'm going to use this as my half a guest star. So they did credit Andrea Barber as Kimmy Gibbler as a guest star in this episode. So I'm super glad that she is back. Um, like I said, we hadn't seen her since our very first promo, was it? Uh, I think it was. But I'm just, I'm really glad that she's back, and I just, I can't wait to see kind of her growth as a character and her back and forth antics with Uncle Jesse. So can't wait for that. All right, and I'm just gonna go through really fast what is in store for us in our next episode. So the next episode that I'm gonna be doing for you is going to be season one, episode 17, called Danny's Very First Date. And this one is actually so adorable and I love it. And there's a lot of good, juicy, historical trivia in this episode and I can't wait to really break through it and cut it all up and it's going to be awesome. So check that out. That's going to be episode 17 coming to you shortly. 
And I do want to thank you guys for tuning in today to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. If you have any extra material, trivia, fun facts, or something that you think I missed, which I hope I did not, but if you do, you can email me at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. That's fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Facebook, on my Instagram. Guys, I am 200 followers away from 1,000. So get me there. Get me there, please. Okay, I appreciate it. And I will see you next time. The Full House Edition podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.